Hi, welcome to the Vidat Stories, the podcast of the Tishomingo County News. I'm Pamela McRae, Managing Editor. Thanks for the great response we've had for our new podcast, and we're so thrilled with y'all's support and help getting the word out. We've really enjoyed doing some in-depth interviews with our guests and have some great conversations for you to listen to in the coming weeks. If you're new to our listening audience, we invite you to check out our previous podcasts on Spotify or see the links to them on our website at tishco.news or on our Tishmingo County News Facebook page. Today, we start our 2023 election series. We have plans to talk to all our local candidates this year, asking them about their reasons for running for election, what they feel makes them the right candidate to get your vote, and allow them to tell what kind of difference they will make if elected. We talked to incumbent circuit clerk Josh McNatt about the changes he's made since being elected in 2019 and how he handled the 2020 election and other things he's done since he's been in office. So enjoy, and we look forward to more of these election podcasts. All right, welcome to the Vidat Stories. This morning that we're talking to Josh Magnet. He is a candidate for circuit clerk. He is the incumbent circuit clerk right now for Tishomingo County. And the point of having these political podcasts is to give all of our candidates a chance to talk one-on-one with the people. Um, I'm sure it's hard to get around to everyone in the county. Um, so we wanted to kind of have an opportunity for people to be able to speak to people so where they could, you know, reach out to you where you are and let them know, let you know what they think and, and why you should elect them as yeah, a Tishmingo County candidate. So, Thanks. Josh, welcome. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, you're absolutely right. It's important that uh, we be able to, to get our message out to the folks, and it's, it's hard to do that, to get every single door in Tishomingo County, so this is an excellent opportunity to do that. I'm glad here to be able to here today to talk about, uh, uh, you know, why I'm running and, and things I've been able to accomplish and, uh, and so forth. Good. So you've been circuit clerk for the past four years? That's right. That's right. It's my first term. First mm-hmm. term. Uh, started in 2020. First uh, election. That's right. That's right. And uh, actually, uh, the youngest serving circuit clerk in the state of Mississippi. Uh-huh. Okay. I did not know that. I knew that you were close to being the youngest person in Tishmingo County, but I think Jessica Seaton is right. the youngest right. one that's elected right. there. That's right. Um, well, good. So do you feel like that's the uh, advantage? Well, I will say, you know, in the 2019 campaign, uh, uh, there was two questions that I got asked a lot going door to door and, and mainly they were, how old are you? So, uh, <laughs> you know, that I, I tend to look a little younger than I am. Uh, but I think in the long run, that's probably a blessing. And then of course, a lot of people want to know, you know, what, what party I was running on at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, circuit clerk doesn't really... Uh, in our area, they don't really have, they have a set amount of things that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so let's talk about, so, you know, just first start off with yeah. uh, what, what the circuit clerk's office is responsible for. And it's really three main things, uh, one being the circuit court process. And so you have, uh, you know. Tell people what circuit court is. What's so, the difference between that and justice court? So circuit court, the, the main difference is, uh, so we have what we call civil and criminal cases. And on the criminal side, the main difference is circuit court handles 
felony criminal cases, where justice court would handle misdemeanor criminal cases. So circuit gets to see the, the more serious type criminal cases. And on the civil side, uh, the circuit court handles amounts above $3,500 versus where justice court would handle anything under that. And so you have the responsibility of, of the clerk or the circuit court uh, responsible for maintaining all those records, maintaining filings, issuing subpoenas, uh, calling you for the dreaded jury service, right? And also, uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when someone gets sentenced for a criminal case, they have fines, fees, uh, restitution. So it's my job responsibility to make sure we're keeping up with all of that, that that money is accounted for properly, and that it gets distributed either to the victims or to the, all the different state agencies that it has to go to. And so then, of course, you have uh, elections. So I work closely with the election commission to implement elections with the county, handling uh, mainly absentee voting and working with the election commission, registering folks to vote. And then also we do marriage license, issuing marriage license in the circuit court's office. So which one's the most fun thing? Uh, the most fun uh, for me, it's the most fun and probably the most challenging is, is the elections. It's, uh, that's, that's the part that, that I tend maybe to focus on the most. As far as is is what you know, my daily activities. It's it, it's fun. It's it's challenging. Uh, not a lot of room for error in elections, so it can be stressful. But I do do enjoy that in working mm-hmm. with our election commission and poll workers. And obviously, you're terrified of that because you went off first thing and got new election machines. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, how old were the old machines? I think they'd been in service about 18, 19 years, if I remember right. Uh, so yeah, let's just talk about uh, uh, some of the the changes that I've been able to make since I've been in office, and and that that is one one of those. So we'll start out with that. You know, election integrity has been a, a focus for everybody since 2020. Uh, we we're using the the TSX touchscreen equipment, which is uh, mainly a digital format voting equipment. Uh, so one, we were starting to have issues out of the equipment. They were aged, we were starting to have to repair a lot of parts. And then two, there was really no verifiable paper audit trail. So we, we chunked the TSX equipment, purchased new equipment, which is based on a paper ballot system and a scanner at every precinct. So you're still able to, to utilize technology, but you also now have a verifiable paper audit trail in the paper ballot. And the election commission and I have actually done an audit where we, we took out the paper ballots, uh, selected uh, precincts at random, one from every supervisor district, counted those paper ballots, compared it to the electronic tally, and they match. So you got that verifiable paper audit trail. This is one of the main differences and changes as far as election integrity goes. Um, How much of a cost was that to change over? Oh, you've put me on the spot here. I think it was somewhere around $120,000 total for the county, uh, of which about 35% was made up of federal grant money. Mm-hmm. And then it also been budgeted for uh, previously by Miss Donna. She had started to budget for this, knowing that this was coming at some point, and I continue to do the same over the next couple of years so we would be able to, to pay for it over time instead of a large chunk at once. Oh, well, that's good. Um, and you find that everyone is handling the paper ballots, all the little old ladies being able to fill out the paper ballots good? Yeah, it, it, it does have some challenges. Uh, so in, in, uh, in companion 
with the scanner, we have what we call a, a, it's an American Disabilities device. It's required to have by the federal government. We call it an express vote. And so there's one of those at every precinct for someone that maybe they can't see well, maybe they can't hear well, or whatever type of disability that they have. And it, it, it still has a paper trail, and it works kind of like the TSX. So you come in, you sign the poll book, you get a blank, uh, long sheet of paper, you insert that into this express vote machine, and it's like an iPad kind of. You make your selections, and then it prints out whatever you chose to vote for on that so piece it's of like paper. So it's like a touch screen. Yes. People, except, people except, can't yeah. see us doing this. So right. yeah, It is like a touch screen, <laughs> so, except the main difference is it, it, it prints it out on a piece of paper that then has to be scanned that we can still audit that, that vote trail. That's good. That's good. Um, so, and are they handling that all right? Someone walks them through that situation, a person that yeah, comes so with we, them, or we a, spent, a poll worker? Uh, you know, the first the first thing we did we spent a lot of time going through the different communities demonstrating uh, in every community uh, last spring I believe it was and have done some some videos on that as well but uh, yes there is a poll worker stationed uh, there close by to the machine uh, so that if there is an issue so for example if on your ballot if you don't vote for a race uh, the ballot is not going to scan all the way through it's going to hold the ballot and it's going to say on the screen hey voter you didn't vote for the circuit clerk's race what would you like to do and it gives you two options at the bottom either cast or return ballot so if you cast you just that specific race wouldn't count the circuit clerk's race that we're using for example but the yeah. ballot still works They're oh ba- yeah absolutely because people can choose to not vote for every that's race. right that's right that's right and uh they also have the option to return the ballot and make a correction if, if they accidentally left it blank. So that, that has been the one challenge that we've seen in, on the two elections that we've had using the new equipment. Uh, you know, even though we demonstrated that not everybody has got to see it. So just understanding that, that small portion has, has been a little bit of a challenge for us. But I think, I think it'll, after, after a, a couple more elections, I think people will get used to that. So, and, and you didn't have any responses from people about that? It just seemed like it, some people came to us, you know, sometimes they'll tell the newspaper stuff they won't tell others. They said, they said, there was someone looking at my ballot the whole time. And, and so they were a little bit worried about that. But I see if the machine's going to spit it back out, they're going to explain to you why the machine spits it back out. That's right. That's right. And of course, you know, like I said, they have a choice either to, to leave that blank and cast it. And if it's returned, you know, they press return. And that's where I think the confusion comes in is the voter didn't quite understand that piece. Either I'm going to cast it or if I return it, it's coming back out for me to correct. And so when it when it didn't, you know, go all the way through, scan and counted, uh, sometimes the voter would walk away and the poll worker would say, hey, wait just a second, you're not finished. You know, what would you like to do in this situation? Got it. Okay. Um, so you've had... Two big elections, or just the the midterm election? Yes. Yeah, so twenty twenty we used the TSX equipment, and right. then twenty twenty one wasn't uh, an election year, so we've had a, a primary and a general election with the new equipment. Okay, and that was um, like representative or something, right? Yeah, it was uh, U.S. congressman, and I think there were some judges on the ballot and a right. school board race. Yes. Oh, the school board. That's right. Yeah. All right. And, and a, a supervisor race. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. We did have that first district county supervisor. Um, so, but this year in November, well, August 1st, in August and then November, 
We've got the big shebang for around here. That's right. This is the one that people will vote in. That's right. That's right. You're going to have everything from, from governor to coroner, you know, statewide offices, all your local elected offices will be on the ballot this year. Okay. Um, and do you think everything is in, situa- in, I in do. place for uh, that? I do. One of the things we have done in preparation for that, anticipating uh, more vo- voter turnout, is that some of our larger precincts, like uh, more, more voter turnout compared to the June and, and general election of 22, uh, we have added, are going to have two scanners at, at our large precincts, such as Iuka, Belmont, Tishomingo, uh, to, to help with some of that. Okay. Um, good. Um, so you're talking about voter turnout. What is the average amount of people who come and vote at a Tishomingo election? I would say on average, it's probably somewhere between 45%, 45-50%. In the in the 2019 uh, general election, countywide, statewide election, I think in the general, there was about 64%. Now, in the primary in 2019, it was slightly low. I think you're in the, the, the low 40s. Mm-hmm. So it, about half. Half of all registered voters is what we usually see on an on a, on a election like we're going to have in 20 and uh, coming up this year in 2023. So one of the things that we want to do here at the Tishomingo County News is really do a get-out-the-vote um, get people motivated to get out there and and make your choices known. Right. I mean, be a part of the process. Don't just uh, be disgusted or say, you know, your vote doesn't count. But we want to start running ads and doing more things, maybe with um, younger voters too, trying to get them registered. Right. Um, where does a person go? Where do we send, if I get, you know, 25, 18-year-olds, they want to register. How do they do that best and easiest? So they can do co- that online. That's what they would options. ask. Yeah, a couple of different options. Of course, you can come to the office, or uh, we have a website, which I'll talk about that in a second. Is some of the changes I made. Uh, then go to the website, print out the form, fill it out, mail it into our office. Uh, so it's as easy, easy, or they can drop it off at the office. You can do mail-in voter registration. Yes. Oh, good. Yes, absolutely. And then you mail them a card. Yep, we mail them our voter registration card uh, as part of the process. Uh, and, and to your point there, uh, you know, voter turnout, voter engagement, uh, you know, as part of the plan that, that I put out in 2019, one of the, a couple of the focuses was community engagement or community education, communication, however you want to categorize it, and then also student, student engagement. So uh, on the campaign trail in 2019, one of the things that I was identified is just, you know, your average citizen just, they don't, they don't understand the what the circuit clerk's office does. They don't understand the elections process. It's very confusing for them. So one of the changes I've been able to make over the past three years is really focusing on that communication aspect and information sharing. Uh, you know, one, being available to address any concerns they have, but we've also established a digital media presence, which we didn't have before, uh, mainly using Facebook. So we, I do different types of informative videos during election season, different types of educational videos, how the elections process works, how the absentee process works, uh, the important dates, when we're going to be open on Saturdays, how the circuit court process works. Uh, so we're able to do that. And then I said we have the website, which is tishcocircuitclerk.com, which has a vast amount of resources there for citizens. And then on the student engagement piece, uh, as part of the plan in 2019, going back to that, uh, 
I wanted to continue to register students to vote as Miss Deal had done, but I wanted to go a little beyond that. So I'm at each high school twice, twice in a school year, and I not only register them to vote, but I try to put it in perspective to the students as to why it's important they vote and stay engaged in the process throughout their lifetime because government essentially affects every aspect of their life. And I try to relate that to them. One example that I use a lot is, you know, we issue marriage license. So I say, you know, how many folks in here is probably going to get married at some point? And they'll raise their hand. And I say, well, you essentially have to get permission from the government, come to the circuit clerk's office and get a license. So that's, you know, I try to really drive that home. I don't, we don't, don't tell them who to vote for or anything like that, but just put in perspective for them, you know, how government affects every aspect of their life. And so, again, those communication and student engagement is, is a good part of the, the changes that we've been able to implement over the last three years. That sounds great. Um, and I want to know next time you go to the high school so that we can cover that. Okay, yeah. Because I really feel like uh, we need to put a lot more effort into getting these kids out there thinking on their own right. not just not just what mom and dad say that's right um to really make their decisions because i found as my kids have gone out in the world they learn a lot more when they get out there um so you know i think it's it that's a great thing and i want to know about that let me know so we can sure, come cover that so on the elections you are kind of the face that people see, like election night when we all come out to the courthouse. You're the one who's running around making sure everything works and everything. But there are five people who help you with that. Tell us a little bit about what election commissioners do. That's right. And so, how they interact with your office. And that's uh, one thing uh, uh, that a lot of people don't realize, that we have election commissioners. And so there's one from every supervisor district that's elected. And so they're, they're really the, the hands-on, uh, nuts and bolts part of the election operation from hiring the poll workers uh, we work together to do poll worker training they also are the ones that are responsible for maintaining accurate poll books uh, you know i register folks to vote and there's certain kind of carved out areas that i would help with the accuracy of the poll books but for the most part they're the ones that are doing poll book maintenance to make sure that they're accurate when someone dies that they're they're taken off or that when they move they're placed in the right spot uh, so, How do they do that if someone dies? I mean, are people watching the obituaries and saying? Yeah, so that's one thing they do. They they, uh, they come in. They're, they're there once, uh, sometimes twice a week, depending on maybe all week, depending on you know how quickly an election is coming up. But routinely, they're one they're there once or twice a week, and so they 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 do that. But they also get a report from the Tishomingo County Coroner every month. Oh, they take that, review it. And then the, a second, you know, kind of secondary to that, they also Google for obituaries and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if someone's on the books, do they ever go through and say, this person hasn't voted in forever? And do they kind of try to identify that person? Right, they have a, 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 a process. Uh, it's an acronym, uh, NVR. I'm not, not stating that right, but... It's a process that they go through to make sure that, you know, if this person hasn't voted in a federal election in two federal election cycles, they have a process to go through that they can purge them. Um, they also have what they call like a confirmation card process they can send out to see if that person still lives there. If they, you know, if they, they get it back and they move, they can purge them. Or if, they, if they, they don't get that back, they can do another step and then purge them. So there's a lot of different uh, things that go into maintaining the accuracy of the poll books that I don't have hands-on uh, uh, knowledge of, but that's part of their job responsibilities and, and that they're doing. And the election commissioners are, are really, like I said at the start, there's kind of an overlooked job responsibility, but it, it's it's a very 
key part of having a, well, a someone, fair and accurate election. Right. Someone has to do those hands-on things right. behind the scenes. That's right. Right. And we've got a lot of experience. Those, mm, All of those people have been in more than two, haven't they? Yeah. Maybe with the exception of, uh, of one, but you're right. Yes, there's a lot yeah. of experience there in the Election Commission office. We've got a lot, lots of uh, good folks there that, that really care and, and want elections to be fair and accurate here in the county. Good. Um, so how do you handle, I know that there are rules sometimes for like people who come in to do absentee votes or whatever, like there's rules. You can't have signs around voting places, a certain amount of space between voting places. You can always tell where that is. Like when, uh, around the Ford place, I can always tell exactly someone's measured, whatever the hundred feet are or whatever. And right. there's always signs right, right out there, right. Um, you know, in case someone has walked into the voting place and still not decided they might see a sign out there right. yeah uh and so uh <laughs> who goes who 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 watches over that stuff so that that would be a, a combination of uh poll workers bailiff election commissioners and even you know myself uh, on every election day I, I try to go to every precinct now of course i'm on the ballot you know this this year so i won't be lottering loitering at a at the precinct so if somebody year, comes in to vote in the circuit clerk's office how's that handled so if they come in to vote absentee, the law says that, that I can process their absentee, that my deputy can process their absentee, because that's just my job. Who's so your deputy? Uh, the, all all the deputy, three of them? All three are deputy oh, okay, clerks, okay. yes. But going, going back to your question about you know requirements at the polling places, um, we actually brought all, my, the election commission and myself brought all the candidates together a couple of weeks ago, had a meeting, and covered a lot of these topics about what you can and can't do at polling places, how absentee voting works, important dates about absentee voting, uh, just uh, a different uh, slate of issues. And I just updated the website as well with a candidate resource section that has all this information in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of attention on absentee. Um, do you think, uh, how many how many absentee ballots do we have? I mean, usually there didn't used to be that many. That's right. We didn't have to worry about it changing an election if we were waiting on absentee ballots to come in. That's right. But I know in 2020, there were probably a lot more. Right. And um, so that, and you know, talking about some of the challenges that we faced, or I've faced over the last three years, uh, you come into office and COVID-19 pandemic was, you know, right there. So not only did it affect the court system, you know, we had to move locations to keep keep the court system going because you can't pause that. You know, we had a trial at the middle school, had a court proceeding at the National Guard Armory. But for elections, uh, I anticipated a large increase of absentee ballots. We had a record number in Tishomingo County, about a 45% increase over normal. Wow, like how many like is that? Like 1,100 in 2020, mm-hmm. where normally we would have five, maybe about 500 or so, five, 550. 600 something that be a normal number for that presidential year uh, so i actually hired an additional temporary employee so that it wouldn't bog down the office we were seeing such a record number of absentee ballots but that was 2020 that was the election you were elected in right no 2019 2020 was the presidential election year oh so you were yeah, already that, in office yes oh. that was my first general election yes gotcha as okay clerk Oh, that was a fun one to yeah. have for the first time. Right. All right. Um, not that there's much, there probably wasn't any doubt in Tishmingo County, but um, I know nationally it was a big right. deal. And was that still on TXS machines? Yes, that was okay. the, the election that we, we used the TSX machines. Yes, okay. ma'am. 
and there was no problem with them. No, there was no, uh, no, no, no serious issues. You're always going to have a minor issue here or there, but uh, uh, I think one of the issues we had uh, going back to 2020, and again, this is one of the things I try to do, uh, and it made a point uh, to communicate to the citizens that, you know, just to be transparent. If we have a problem, I'm going to tell you. Here's what the problem is. Here's what we want to do about it. Tommy, okay. Yeah, so we talked about just kind of issues <clears throat> that we've <clears throat> experienced with elections, specifically talking about the 2020 election. Uh, the East Iuka precinct for the north and south half district is what we call a split precinct. So people oh, that vote right. there, some people vote in the north half, some people vote in the south half. So uh, early that morning in 2020 for that election year, uh, we were seeing an issue with the wrong ballot given to the wrong voters. So in other words, they might live in the north north half and they were getting a south half ballot. And in that on that TSX touchscreen equipment, part of the process was to sign the poll book and you get a, a card, like a digital debit right. card type card, thing that's right. programmed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the encoder had been programmed backwards, so mm. it was getting the wrong ballot. So again, going to a paper ballot, hoped to be able to eliminate some of that. So the person actually looks at the ballot and can say, hey, yeah, this is, you know, this is my ballot. And we're also putting a heavy focus on our poll worker training this year to make sure that that poll worker takes a look and verifies that split because it tells in the poll book what half that they live in. What about people? I know somebody asked me recently, they said, I need to register to vote again. But once you're registered to vote, you're registered to vote, That's right? right. Once you're registered to vote, you're registered now. You know, if, if you move, we need to be sure and, you know, and update your address with us. But once once you're registered here in Tishomingo County, uh, you are registered unless, you know, for some reason you're, you would be purged. Of course, you'd be notified of that. But uh, the main thing that, that we see uh, with voter registration is, you know, people moving from one place to the other. That's the hardest thing to keep up with because in every election we'll have a handful of people that, that has moved and hasn't, hasn't updated, so they have to vote by affidavit, and then we have to go go back and correct that and, and update that in our, uh, our election management system. And let's talk about one of the craziest things you've done is you close some precincts. You combine some precincts. I'm just kidding you, right. of course. Right. Um, I know. It, yeah, uh, so I it, know one of the precincts was the one where um, Tishmingo Connect operates out of the old Ford, the old Chevy building. It will right. never be anything else except the old Chevy building. But um, that changed, and that was a huge number of people who voted there. Yes, that so is. So where the, are those people going to vote? That is now? the largest precinct in Tishmingo County. I'm actually right now printing cards and notifications that will go out in the mail next week to all the folks registered in the Iuka precinct. So they're going to be going to vote at the Boy Scout building on Paul Edmondson Drive. And and one of the re- the reason that that changed, uh, you kind of alluded to it, uh, the, the Tishomingo Connect, the internet operations expanded. And so there just wasn't enough room any longer to have their, their business operation in a voting precinct in that specific building. So the board of supervisors and election commission and myself had to find an alternate location. And then also, you know, we had redistricting uh, in uh, 2022. That that only happens every 10 years. So, again, I got COVID and redistricting, so a lot of different challenges. Uh, but as part of redistricting, when the supervisors redistrict, uh, we closed the North Belmont precinct in the 4th District because at, when they redistrict, 
about 70% of the North Belmont voters were put in the 5th district and now vote at Belmont. And then the 30% that was left was only like 50 people. So uh, the election commission supervisors, again, I made the decision to send those people to Dennis precinct because it's it's just a couple miles up the road. Good. And how, how did that go? You already had, did you already have one election we've had where one, they were changed? We've had one election uh, with that change in place. No issues there. Uh, we will. Uh, you like, notify each one of those at, people personally, oh, yeah. right? We, yes. We so had, if you don't get a notice, don't worry about it. Right, right. You're uh, probably not in the. Right. You're probably not one of the people that got changed right. if and, you don't there, get one. And there was uh, not 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 everybody uh, was affected by by redistricting. Uh, probably only about five six thousand people when we have about twelve thousand registered. And a lot of the people that were affected by redistricting was mainly the state house districts. Now there, you know, we did have some supervisor district change, but the, really the biggest change was changing those uh, state of House of Representatives districts. Okay. So all those people are being notified. Absolutely. If Absolutely. you have not been notified, do not worry about where you're going to vote. They will tell you where you're supposed to vote. That's right. I've and actually, be uh, sure and follow the newspaper because the newspaper will yes. always be told exactly where people are supposed to vote. That's right. That's a good resource. Uh, we always try to communicate that uh, through you guys. And I've even, uh, you know, we, we had some, inevitably you're going to get some uh, notifications returned. And we even had a couple issues uh, uh, of people that I knew were, uh, they had been redistricted, placed in another supervisor district. But I was getting calls because they knew it was going on, but they hadn't received anything in the mail. So I actually hand-delivered about 100 of those up around the Goat Island area to make sure that people were notified. We know how that goes with the... Uh... We get a lot of calls every week about people who don't get their papers. So right. our person out front is super nice about, she will bring you your paper. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> um, so I think that we probably have worked through the closed precincts thing. I mean, you've gotten past that. And the Boy Scout building, that's going to work? Did yeah, you have to yeah. make any changes? We, we are. We've or? had to make some changes. Uh, uh, Eric Booker, the supervisor in the first district, has had to uh, expand the, the entrance, put in a new culvert. We were concerned with how narrow it was. Uh, we, uh, we're going to add some lighting. Oh, the driveway. Yeah. Oh. We're going to add some lighting to the, the inside of the building, uh, just make some improvements to the parking lot, some uh, ADA, again, Americans with Disabilities requirements, uh, a few little things that we had to do there. Good. And you'll have all kinds of signage showing people where that is. Yes. It's very easy to get to. Yes. Good. Um. All right, so elections, I think we've covered that. Circuit court. So a judge comes in, what, three times a year, four times a year, hears people who want to plea. A lot of times we get the pleas to put in the paper. So There's not yeah. a lot of courts, actual um, trials here. Usually people plead. That's, that's, that, that, I would say that's a fair fair statement. Um, so, uh, the, you know, circuit court implicates that the judge travels the circuit. So our circuit district is made up of seven counties. So Tishomingo County has uh, three two-week terms of circuit court along with arraignment days scattered in there, plea days scattered in, uh, civil days scattered in, and then, of course, special setting times that, that are allocated for. But, yes, most people do plea. I think I've done uh, three, maybe four trials in the last the last three years so it's not haven't seen a whole lot of actual uh trials mm -hmm. and 
does that um so you have to call in a jury for that yes and, and so a lot you of time, have to do yeah. the jury you have to send out jury notifications right. we send out jury summons um and a lot of times, you know, even like those terms I was talking about, we, we will go ahead and send out summons, not knowing if we're going to have a trial or not, uh, but we have a jury pool ready just in case we were to have, to have a trial. Mm-hmm. They like for those to meet at least like three times maybe and then decide to plea, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. But you still get paid for jury duty. That's right, that's right. And I, I know years ago there was... Um, when we were talking, you know, they would rather not have trials because trials are expensive. Right. And the county pays for that. That's right. Right. It, it, it can get expensive. and uh, But you're right. Most people will, will end up taking some type of a plea. Thanks again to our sponsors for our new Vidat Stories, Tishomingo County News Podcast. Thanks to Farron Rainey Calvert and the Tishomingo County Tourism Council. They do so much to promote our county from Golden to Pickwick Lake. Come for a visit or stay for the rest of your life. Tishomingo County welcomes you. Thanks also to Mary Beard Grodsky, our favorite realtor with Cry Like Realtors in Pickwick and Collierville. Mary's a native of Iuka and she has real estate in her blood, she says. She can find you your perfect home or a home away from home. Thanks again, Mary, for being a part of our podcast team. We're back after letting the famous Ayuka train go by. So you were talking about jury jury duty, right? I think we're you know we're talking about uh, you know when when an individual takes a plea and maybe the the, the, the sentence uh, that the court imposes uh, a lot of times may be probation because like you said you know our our, our jail systems in Mississippi may be full or they may be placed on house arrest or or maybe even they maybe go go to uh, what we call one of our intervention courts because a lot of the charges that we see are drug related here in Tushamingo County and uh, Judge White has uh, has really done an excellent job on his intervention drug court uh, as far as a success rate and getting uh, those folks about a 50 percent success rate of getting folks clean and, and staying clean so but it takes about a three-year period but you know me as clerk I, I don't have any influence or decision making as far as what kind of sentence the person gets i just have to take what the judge you know gives them or or puts in the order and and keep the record right and make sure those fines fees and costs or the records get placed appropriately right the the people who plea they will have some kind of a payment system set up to where they would come into your i guess come into your office they can pay every once in a while that's right they can come into the office they can uh they usually put on a payment plan uh, X of dollars per month. Again, the judge has to approve that. Uh, they can do in-office payment. They can call, do a payment over the phone with a credit card. They can actually go online to the website and, and pay criminal fines and costs there as well. Uh, they can also do it by mail. So there's various options for a person to pay uh, any uh, fines or costs that was levied by the court. Good. Uh, along the lines of... Uh, yeah. Of, of the court system, uh, again, one of the one of the areas I wanted to make an improvement on in 2019 is is modernizing operations. So we just recently, at the end of October, implemented what we call the Mississippi Electronic Court System. That is a statewide initiative, but it takes all the court filings and records and puts them on an online format that is accessible to the public. And so we've been on that about about four months now. And then also I've added uh, a couple of TVs to the courtroom, 
what we call an, an Elmo projection system as well. And so, you know, we live in a digital age. So, you know, we have uh, videos and audio, and even with the grandeur, it has to hear those types of things. So those, the TVs and, and Elmo system has really come in handy to help kind of, I guess, bring us up to date, so to speak. Good, good. Yeah, I understand that now, what you're saying. Um, and then, so another job that you have is you do marriage licenses they sign in for marriage licenses there i know there's a big book you sign right so yeah we uh, we we issue the license a lot of people get that confused uh between issuing the license and actually conducting the ceremony but you can conduct ceremonies can't you no i cannot conduct a ceremony as clerk uh has to be a judge yes has to be well uh, a judge can a supervisor can excuse me uh any ordained marriage officiant uh you know even if they go online and get quote unquote ordained that would be sufficient but all i do is issue the license got it and, so keep, they... and keep the record once they bring it back and record it and as you know uh, you know tishman county used to be the marriage what they called the marriage capital of the u.s and again going back to kind of modernizing operations i'm working on a project now to digitize all of those marriage records going oh, back to me. all the way to like 1880 seven mm-hmm. and so it's a multi-year project because we can't spend all that money at once but we're going to do 10 to 15 books a year to have that information available online because you could be surprised how many people come into the office wanting to look up old marriage records. oh definitely i know that that is a big thing that yeah. people would look for that stuff um but you can't marry people i thought maybe you know i can't mississippi office. actually has a uh, specific law that says a clerk cannot cannot marry marry anyone mm-hmm so, um, and you do all this yourself, right? No, I know I uh, have three <laughs> wonderful employees uh, that I rely on heavily. They are great. Uh, Miss Susan Long, uh, Miss Marlena Caston, and Miss Kimberly Wellington. And uh, all the things that I've talked about and we'll talk about here today as far as the things that we've, you know, we've been able to, to focus on and make some positive improvements uh, would not be possible without them absolutely they are always super helpful when we go in i know um and one day we are at the supervisor's meeting and you asked something about the uh, maternity policy for the county um i never did get a chance to talk to you about that um what it what was going on with that does the county not have a maternity policy i don't think they have a like they have a maternity leave they have a uh, a handbook, right? But I don't think in that handbook it addresses specifically maternity leave. So I have an employee who uh, I just had just had a, a baby girl, and so she'll she'll be out uh, now. That they do comply, you know, with the FMLA requirements and things like that. But what I was asking for something above and beyond that, specifically for maternity leave. And of course, the employee does have vacation time and sick time. But I was trying to get something just specifically, you know, maybe a week, two weeks, whatever, specifically for maternity leave but uh you know we may go back and address that at some point in the future but how many weeks do they get i know that you get a certain amount of time but you can have a certain amount of time unpaid leave they can stay out for a while right how long is right. that? i think that's six to eight weeks i think for fmla i believe uh not don't quote me on that because i'm not not real sure i know uh, uh i think my employee has communicated you know that that's about the time frame she anticipates to before she'll be back to work okay hopefully well, good. If everything goes well. Is everything going crazy with that or there? 
No, no, it's, uh, it's it hasn't been too bad. Uh, we've uh, you know we all try to work together and make sure that we're addressing the, the needs that that come about every day. All right. So, what is your um, what does your family think of all this campaigning? Are you spending every weekend knocking on doors? Or have not started uh, knocking on doors yet. I'm waiting for the time to change, which is this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'll start that very soon. Uh, if someone hasn't ever run for a an elected office, I would encourage them to do so for multiple reasons. Uh, but uh, it, it does take time away from your family, uh, and they're they're a part of the process, whether they they want to be or not. But uh, my wife Kayla supports me a lot with this. I couldn't do it without her. Uh, uh, my grandmother, of course, is still living, and and of course she has some medical needs that uh, family members help make sure that that those are met. But uh, Kayla plays a big part in, in, in assisting me and encouraging me and just bouncing ideas off of and, and helping me with the process. Um, what do you say to young people who are interested in government and politics? There's some younger candidates running this year, which I was really excited to see because um, obviously from the very top office in the land, we have very old people wanting to and trying to run. And uh, I think it's great that we get some younger blood because, I mean, I just think it's, if anybody has worked with their aging parents, you realize that it would probably be better done by younger people sometimes, especially like you say with, I mean, there's a lot of technology. Things are changing a lot. Yes, things are changing very quickly. Uh, And, you know, I'm glad to see younger folks getting involved here at the local level, Uh, you know, and if someone you know has questions or would like to to uh, shadow me or, or anyone for that matter, I would encourage them to do that to kind of you know uh, uh, get a feel for how things work. And and when you're running for office, also understand what what your duties and job responsibilities are. That's that's very important. And then uh, you know lay out and, and and communicate to the people what you bring to the table. I think it's important to focus on that as versus. Uh, I guess maybe mudslinging or something like that. Good. All right. Um, so what do you do when you're not being circuit clerk? Well, uh, mainly uh, uh, spend time with my family, uh, help take care of my grandmother. She has early uh, dementia, so that, mm-hmm. that, that takes up a lot of my time. And then I like to hunt and fish and just, uh, you know, be outside and do things with a tractor and just, that's kind of my uh, stress relief is just to kind of get on the tractor or do something, you know, outdoors. And Do you work those fields around your house? Uh, I don't do any farming. I do a, lot of, do a lot of bush hogging and road grading and kind of just, you know, maintaining property. But, no, I, I'm not doing any farming. No. And you, um, you get to keep pretty regular hours, probably, circuit clerk um, kind of things. The, um, as a, opposed to... I always like to ask supervisors stuff what all the extra things that they have to do, but pretty much you're you're eight to five kind of thing. For the most part, yes, ma'am. Of course, I you know I put I put my cell phone out there, which is six six two four two four three eight three five, and encourage anyone to call me anytime they they need me. Uh, I feel like that's part of my job. If uh, there's something that uh, you need from me, that's what I'm here for. And, and on, the, on the flip side of that, we, we get a lot of calls or a lot of, of uh, communication from citizens that uh, it's not in my purview of responsibilities to help them with, but I do my very best to get them to someone who can help them. 
So one of the things I always ask the podcast people to know in, ahead of time, so that if we have any dead space, we can ask about it, is uh, why don't you tell me three of your favorite songs? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was telling you earlier when I came in, you know, I, I listen to such a variety of music that's really kind of hard to nail down for me. But if I had to say three today, and in no, really no, this isn't any specific order, but the Eagles, Take It to the Limit. Oh, uh, have you ever seen them in concert? I have not. I have oh. not had the opportunity to see them in concert. We saw them last I, year. I love we went music. with. Oh my gosh, yeah. they have still got it. Right. It sounds just like the. It sounds just like it. It was fantastic. Right. It was fantastic, and even young people went oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, once they played, like you know, um, standing on the corner. I mean, oh my gosh, the whole place just exploded. Yeah. It was fantastic. Highly recommend. Yeah. Go see it, no matter how much so, it costs. You know, I could really name. Top three Eagles songs, but we'll, we'll just kind of, for a variety <laughs> here, uh, uh, the second would be, I guess, uh, uh, Garth Brooks' The Dance. I'm a really big Garth Brooks fan. Oh, seen yeah. him in concert multiple times. And then lastly, uh, just a new, relatively new artist, kind of country, rock, pop, I guess you could say, is, is actually a guy from Mississippi, and he goes by the stage name of Hardy. He's really good. He has a lot of really good songs, and he writes a lot of songs that you probably don't even realize. But I think he's from Choctaw County, maybe, and uh, he has a song called Sold Out that I like a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, good, good. All right. That was fun. Well, Josh, it's been so good to talk to you. We really appreciate um, you keeping the Tishmingo County News advised of all this kind of things that we all need to know about, about voting and the um, different court processes, because I know a lot of people <laughs> look at the Tishmingo County news about this kind of stuff. So um, we really appreciate you cooperating with us, and we wish you really good luck in this election. Try to be nice to you. everyone, right? Thank you. That's right. That's right. And uh, look forward to start knocking on doors and getting to have that face-to-face -face interaction with folks. Uh, you know, again, uh, really proud of, of the results we've been able to accomplish for the people Deli you know, delivering on the things I said I would do in 2019. We've been able to do every single one of those while maintaining the integrity of the office and, and also uh, bringing a sense of transparency to local government so that, you know, I, when I ran in 2019, uh, one of the reasons that, that I ran, I guess, like a lot of people, just kind of frustrated with the system and uh, uh, wanted to actually have an elected official that done what they said they were going to do, right? And, and, uh, that their loyalties, and, and this is just in general, this isn't directed at any specific person, but just in general, that their lo the, your elected official's loyalty actually lies for the interest of the people. So that I'm very proud of that and thankful for that. And if I don't get to see you, like take this opportunity to ask for your vote and support. And if there's anything I can do to be of service to you, please reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. Great. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you. The Vidat Stories podcast is a production of the Tishomingo County News, published weekly from Iuka, Mississippi, and owned by Joyner and Renard Publishing, LLC. Check us out online at tishco.news, where you can read the Tishomingo County history we write every week, look at back issues, share stories, and interact through the comment sections. You can subscribe, check out an area events calendar, and lots more. Go online to tishco.news, T-I-S-H-C-O dot news. Thanks to Kirby McRae for our original podcast music.